it's wonderful to see you all this morning. I'm going to sit with you. Is that okay? I'm going to have a seat with you. And um, you know what? I'm excited for this message. I'm excited for the Word of God and to be able to preach um, because uh, I'm kind of looking at this message, and I'll get into this a little bit more, as a little bit of a coffee date with each of you, okay? Like if we were sitting down and we were going to have a coffee, I'm going to talk to you like I would talk to someone I'm sitting down and having a coffee with. Some of you have coffee. We're literally having coffee together, which I love. So I'm glad that you're here. Again, my name is Pastor Amritha, and um, we are in an exciting time in our church, at Kalos Church. And um, next week, I want to tell you this about next week, because everyone that is in this room right now is invited to what we call our unveil service, which is happening next week. We have three unveil services a year, and what we do is we basically have spent this last 21 days as a church praying and fasting, seeking the Lord. How many of you know when you seek the Lord, he shows up and he begins to tell you things. He begins to uh, bring you in and share things with you. And even as leaders of our church, we feel like God has given us fresh vision. God has given us some ideas, some thoughts. He's spoken to you and you've come to us. And we're going to unveil a lot of those new things that are happening uh, coming up next Sunday. Now listen, we have Sunday morning service, then we have Sunday evening at 6 o'clock is this unveil service. And we decided to put a little fun twist into our unveil service uh, this this next Sunday, and that is that we're calling it a black tie event. Okay? Isn't that fun? We're going to have some fancy appetizers, some fancy desserts, and you guys can be as fancy as you want. Okay? Now, if you're like me and you're like, I'm 33 weeks pregnant, how am I going to feel fancy at a black tie event? Or you're just like, I don't have anything to wear. Please don't let that stop you from coming. Please come. We're just having a little bit of fun with it. So come next week, dress in your best or dress in whatever you have, your Sunday best, whatever that looks like, because we want you there. We want you there. And for those of you that are like, I've been coming to this church for a little bit. I'm still seeking God. I feel like maybe he's drawing me to this community. Would you come? Would you come and hear more about the vision of the church? Hear more about what God is doing? So while this is a time for our team, it's a time for you to come too and just hear and listen to what God is saying. And I tell you what, you know what we're going to do is we're just going to embrace you and hug you and have you be a part of who we are that night. We do have child care provided. So if you got littles, I got, I got a little one, come. We have child care. We're starting at 6 o'clock. We'll get out of there at a decent time so everybody can go to bed and get ready for Monday. Sound good? All right, amen. Well, we are in this really beautiful series, How to Hear the Voice of God, which is a really big topic. It's a very big question, and Pastor Prettyman has been really bringing us into that. Oh, if you were here last week, he helped us see that there were 12 different ways in Scripture, and I would even say there's probably more because we don't want to limit God, right? There's 12 different ways in Scriptures that he's showed us throughout all the Scriptures that God speaks. He is alive, and he speaks to us today. So if you don't believe that, I want you to believe it because it is real, and if there's anything that we want you to get from this series, it's that Jesus wants to have a two-way relationship with us. This is a relationship. We do not serve a God who's up there cold and commanding. 
We serve a God who loves you and he cares for you. And he wants to have a two-way relationship. One where we can speak, one where he can speak, one where we can love each other. It's a relationship. You've never heard about a God who wants to have a loving relationship with you. Jesus is your God. He loves us so much. And um, as we've been talking about this, a question has come to my mind. I'm not trying to be controversial, but this question came to my mind because I'm like, but I think for some of us in the reality of our life with God, yes, we want to hear his voice. We are stepping into a time of prayer and fasting. I'm seeking him. I'm looking to him. I'm leaning into him. And, and if I'm honest, and if you're honest, I think that we have this question that, that, that is, what happens when I feel like I'm seeking God and I'm met with silence? What happens? What do we do when we feel like God is being silent? Here we are in this series about hearing God's voice, and maybe you've been sitting there and you've been wondering, I want to hear his voice, Amritha. But I, I, sometimes I feel like he's silent. Sometimes I'm not quite sure where he is. And um, I'm looking in the scriptures and I'm encouraged because I'm like, okay, I'm not a crazy person. Not everyone around me is hearing God and I'm just sometimes feeling his silence maybe or sensing, just not sure what's going on with that. But there are some really powerful, really significant men in the Bible who also <laughs> felt this way at times. And I'm encouraged when I go in the scriptures and I'm like, oh, you felt that way too. And you were King David. You were the guy who is known to be uh, a man after God's own very heart, right? And so King David, he says in Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. That was King David in, our, in the scriptures. Another really significant man of God in the scriptures, Job. If you've ever read the book of Job, you can go in the scriptures, the whole book of the Bible called Job. And this guy went through it all. You think you've gone through some stuff? This guy went through some stuff. And in Job 30, 20, he cries out to God. He says, I cry to you for help and you do not answer me. I stand and you only look at me. Man, th this is some anguish, right? These are some guys who, man, they, 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 they met what they felt like was silence from God. They met what they felt like was, where are you, God? I'm pressing into you. I need you in my time of need. And this was anguish. And I think that we all face this. And I, I just want us to not be so ashamed and so embarrassed that we can't be honest that this can be a reality in our relationship, our two-way relationship with God, right? And so let's be honest and let's just say that happens. But today I'm encouraged because as I've looked at the scriptures, there's some ways to deal with what feels like the silence of God. And I've seen people, church, I've seen people who have turned their backs on God because they thought he turned their back on them. Because they met the silence. They felt like they met silence. I was in anguish. Job says, I was in anguish. I called out to you, and you just looked at me. That's how he felt. That's how he felt about a God who loves him. And there are just times in our silence that it can be, in, in, in when we feel like we're met with silence, it can feel excruciating. 
and they can feel annoying and they can feel frustrating. How many of you raise your hand if you ever sent a text message to someone and they didn't text you back? And you were met with some silence, right? And you needed an answer. You're like, okay, this wasn't just like a hi-ho, like, like, hey, I need something for you. This was like, a, I need to know the answer to the question I just texted you. Or how about this? How about when somebody, you send a text to someone and you see the three little bubbles pop up? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they are about to say, they're about to respond to you, but they never did. They never sent that text. You saw those bubbles. You know, I've been guilty actually of like, I accidentally pushed, you know, letters. And so those bubbles are coming up for my friend, but I don't see it. So I throw my, my, my phone in my purse and those bubbles are just there for hours, <laughs> hours, you know? And that text never sends. We, it drives us crazy when we are met with silence. And so in the spirit of memes today, uh, I have a couple memes for you. So let's look at this, this first meme. Hey, sweetie, how was your day? You busy? Okay, hang on, I gotta turn around. Okay. Oh my gosh, I just discovered I have a superpower. I can be invisible, dot, dot, dot. Oh no, wait, I'm just being ignored. Uh, uh-huh, some of you are getting convicted right now. Okay, how about this next one? Darling, I miss you, let's catch up soon. Oh, so you fainted from the excitement of getting a text from me? Totally understandable. Text me when you wake up. That is a glare emoji. If you've never seen a glare emoji, that's what that is. And you see it says red. So you can tell that that person read that text and did not respond. How about this next one? Oh, that's the wrong, that's the wrong slide for this moment, but we'll get to that in a second. That's kind of funny. Oh, the wrong one too. <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is the wrong one as well. We'll get to that in a second as well. Is there another? Here we go. You can text me back, but you can like eight photos on Instagram? I know that that's some of you. You're like, I know you're on your phone. You're, you're on social media, you know? But you will not text me back, but I know that you're on social media. Okay, one last one. One last one. Sorry I annoyed you with my friendship. Sorry I annoyed you with my friendship. If you know that guy from The Office, he's really funny. And um, it's, just, it's just so annoying sometimes when we are met with silence. I have to tell you this really hilarious story that happened to my husband. Uh, I asked him if I could share this story. It's just, it's just too good not to share. A moment when Pastor Pritipin was met with silence, we were on our way to Washington and uh, Andrew and Rachel Pradeepan and I and our son Obi were standing in line in Portland, Oregon at Voodoo Donuts. Anybody ever been there? Some good donuts. And we're standing in line there and there was there a teenage basketball team. And the teenage basketball team uh, was made up of guys and girls and these high schoolers, I think they were about high school age, and they had t-shirts on that said Phoenix. So it was a Phoenix basketball team, right? So we're standing in line and Pradeepan's like, oh look, there's a basketball team. And um, so he's just there, and there's a lot of people. That, that, that place always has a giant line. And so they're in line ahead of us, we're behind them. And Pradeepin, just in the, kind of like the, the quietness and the, just the conversations of people, yells people at the top of his lungs, go Phoenix basketball! <laughs> and nothing. In fact, the, the team, the basketball team is just, carrying on with their conversations and just uh, like, like there was nothing. 
And I look at Pradeepa and I'm like, what did you do? Like, what, what is happening? And it was just very awkward. And he was like, I don't, I, I don't know. He was like, I guess they're not on a lot of team spirit or something. You know, and so, um, so we're sitting there and, and then this couple behind us, they go, hey, uh, do you get it now? And Pradeepa goes, what do you mean? He goes, that basketball team is a deaf basketball team. They can't hear anything that you said. And we're like, Pradeepa, you're such a jerk. You know, that's <laughs> so funny. Pradeepa was totally met with silence. I mean, silence, people. And it's just so funny. And then sure enough, I look over and I say, honey, they're signing to one another. They're having their conversations. We just didn't notice that they had been signing to one another. And uh, so it's just the most funny situation. And uh, so I tell you this because we all are met in times of silence, ridiculous times. Um, but we also, in our times, in our relationship with God, it feels like we can be met with silence. And I wonder if for some of you, do you remember a time maybe in your life with God, those of you that have been following Jesus, you say, I used to be able to hear his voice all the time, Amrita. I used to, I mean, me and God, we just had a, a back and forth and it was good and then something happened and now I feel like, you know, sometimes we, we say, well, I'm in a wilderness season or I'm kind of in the desert. I feel like I, I can't really hear, I don't really know where I'm, where he's at in this two-way relationship. I'm struggling to hear his vo voice. And, and I think that we as a people, we as the church, we as followers of Jesus, maybe those of us that don't yet know Jesus, I don't want to assume that all of you know him yet. I'm going to give you a chance to know him today. But we need, Pastor Pradeepan said this in his very first message, we need to hear the voice of God. We really need to hear him, and, and we need to hear him because some of us are on this earth and we're saying, why am I here? I don't even know why I exist. I don't know why God put me on this earth, and you need the voice of God to tell you what your purpose is. Or there's some of us, man, we're struggling with so many things at home, or we have an addiction, and we just say, if only I could hear God's voice about my addiction, I would have the power, I would have the motivation to finally quit my habit. I need God's voice, but he won't speak to me. I feel like I'm meeting his silence. Or, you know, I've, I've met a lot of people who relocated, like myself, to Washington. And they're here. I felt like God called me here, and now I don't know what I'm, what I'm doing. I don't know. I, just when we think about moving and going somewhere locationally for our jobs or whatever, we just we need God to speak into that. You know, last week I met a woman... Uh, who, who is here, and she's recently homeless, and her daughter was taken away from her because uh, she's homeless. And uh, she gets to see her, but she just says, Pastors, will you pray for me? Because I, I just, my, my, my world is a shambles. She needs God's voice. She wants to hear his voice. And, and, and I think that silence can feel like a real reality in our Christianity. And uh, Job just said, I cry to you for help and you don't answer me. I stand for you and you only look at me. Where are you, God? Where are you? And I just want to tell you this morning that I, I honestly don't know all the ways of God. I think that we serve a very mysterious and loving God. I believe that. And that's why I say to you, I want to sit with you at a table with coffee. And I want to talk to you like we would talk about the things of God and 
and in our limited understanding, but having searched the scriptures and looking for truth. And there are three questions that I ask myself when I'm wondering about uh, God's possible silence in my life or where he could be in times when I really need to hear his voice. There are three questions I ask myself because I think that before I assume that God is being silent, before I decide to turn my back on him because he turned his back on me, I've got to look closely at some things, right? And so there's three different questions I ask myself that I, as we're sitting across the table having coffee, I want to challenge you to ask yourself in the times when you feel like King David, in the times when you feel like Job, in the times when you're like, God, I, I can't be met with your silence. I need your voice right now. So number one is this. Number one is this. This first question. Am I trusting his promise? more than my perception? You know what, here's the truth. What if our perception is off and it feels like God is being silent, but that's not actually true. I think sometimes we come to some quick conclusions that we need to be careful of. God's silence is how it feels, not how it is. I know for me, in times of difficulty and pain and anguish, you know what, you guys, I'm not always thinking very clearly. I'm like, God, I need you, and if you're not there in the way I need you right now, I gotta be careful what conclusion I come to in that moment, right? I got a lot of feelings, I got a lot of emotions. When you're pregnant, you got a lot of hormones going on. So you gotta be careful what you are concluding about God in your anguish. Amen, you gotta be careful. Is it actually how it is? And I wanna make sure that we don't pull away from God in those times, but we lean into him and we, 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 we ask ourselves, is it my perception in this moment that God is silent or is it actually reality? And uh, in, as I said, I have three different questions for you to ask yourself today. Within this one, I've got three little smaller questions, okay? that I want you to ask yourself, because I think that we've got to be honest and open about our perspective in those moments. So these three little smaller questions within this, I would ask you, do I truly believe God can speak to me? How many of you know in your anguish and in your struggle and in your confusion, sometimes we don't even really believe that he could speak to us? I think that we, we start questioning that in those moments. The second question is, has he already spoken, but I'm unwilling to do what he says? There is a reason that maybe you have some experiencing some silence, you know? Am I unwilling? Am I unwilling? Has he, has he asked me to do something? Has he asked me to draw in? And, I, and has he asked me to talk to this person? Has he asked me to take care of this situation in a certain way? But I just, I refuse for whatever reason. And the, and the last little question I would say is, am I avoiding his voice because I don't want to hear what he has to say? How many of us would say, actually, I'm, I'm a little bit afraid of what God is going to say to me? I've been there. I want to lean into him. I want to hear his voice, but really only the things I want to hear about, not the things I don't want to hear about. And I think that if we ask ourselves this honestly and openly, we will get a bit of a different perspective. And we will be a little bit careful about this conclusion that God is being silent, but it's a bit more about trusting his promise in that moment over my perspective, right? 
You know, I was thinking about some things that happen when I uh, am not in my right mind. Uh, my perspective is a little bit off. Um, and sometimes uh, we think that when we're met with God's silence, we have to go to him and beg and beg and nag and nag. You know, the Bible talks about nagging. And I try really hard, you guys, not to be a nagging wife. I try. I really do. But uh, I just am sometimes. And in that moment where I'm like, Pretty Ben, I need you to pick up your coat right now. Like, he's fixing the car, but no, I need you to stop. This coat has to be hung up right now. Like, my perspective is off. Like, this has to happen right now, right? I'm about to stand up because of the nagging conversation. <laughs> how passionate I am about a clean house. So, um, so I, uh, so if I wanted to put up these in the spirit of memes again, I got, you saw some of these memes. Let's put this meme up. I'm not a nag, I'm a motivational speaker, honey. How about that? How do you feel like that? And then this is just funny, when her nagging is a sign that she cares, her silence means she's plotting your death. Okay, so watch out for that, watch out for that. But I think I, I just talk about this, this sense because I think in our, in our skewed perspective, we struggle with we struggle with nagging. We think we have to beg. We think we have to, we have to just go to God in a way that he's not, he's not asking us to go to him in those ways. He's saying, hey, 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 trust my promise, not your perspective. Trust my promise. And what, what promise am I talking about? What promise in the scriptures am I talking about? Hebrews 13.5 says this. This is what God is saying to all of us today. Never will I leave you or forsake you. When I say trust his promise over your perspective, this is the promise. Can we just say this all together? Let's say this together. Never will I leave you or forsake you. That's the promise. In your anguish, in your moments of being met with what feels like the silence of God, I encourage you, I encourage you to trust the promise. Trust the promise that he will never leave you or forsake you. Before we move on to point number two, I have this quote I want to share with you. It says this, I believe in the sun even when it's not shining. I believe in love even when I don't feel it. And I believe in God even when he is silent. So I encourage you this morning, trust the promise over your perspective. Number two, number two. When we're met with those moments it feels like God is silent, I want you to ask yourself this question. Is God developing me as a person? Is God developing me? Is there a reason why I'm going through this the way I'm going through this? Is God developing me as a person? And here's what I want to say. You know, God could tell us, he could treat us like robots. He could tell me what to wear in the morning, what car to drive, where to go to, what to eat today. He could just command me and tell me to do all of those things. But that's not the kind of God we serve. We serve a God who wants to develop us and grow us, right? I have a little son who is two years old, and I tell him basically every day what to wear, what to eat, what to do, what not to do. There's a lot of what not to do. Um, and... There is, and I'm doing that not so that I have to do that for the rest of his life. I'm doing that so that someday he will be able to think and grow and mature and be an adult person who can make those choices. Now, he will always have his mama a phone call away. He will always have me. I'll always speak into his life if he wants that. I'll always come near him if he wants that, just like God. But God is interested in maturing us. 
He is interested in growing us. And if you've ever been around a baby who's learning how to talk, when they need something, what they do is they cry for it, right? They need something. They don't know how to express themselves, so they just have a full-out meltdown, okay? And my son does this often, and he whines and cries. And if you were at our house right now, you would hear this phrase a lot coming from my mouth. You would hear me say, Obi, can you use your words? Use your words. And then when I realize he doesn't have the words for that, then I say, I need you to pull it together and take mommy to what you need me to figure out that you need, okay? These are all ways that I'm growing and maturing my son. And God is doing that. He's in the process of growing us and maturing us. So in those moments where you're seeking God, you're longing to hear his voice, you feel like you're being met with some silence. You're not quite sure where he is. I encourage you to say, God, are, are you growing me and maturing me? Is there something that, that I'm missing here that you want me to see? I'm so excited about this scripture, Romans 8, 17, because I feel like for me, even this week, God put a light on this scripture in such a powerful way. And it says this, Romans 8, 17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Let me read this in the message translation too. I'm going to explain it a little bit more. But I want you to hear this in the message translation. God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are. Father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us. An unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ grows through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we certainly go, we're certainly going to go through the good times with him too. Listen, church, I know that, that, that whether we're followers of Jesus or not, we are not exempt from the pain and difficulty that life brings. We're not exempt from that. But I love this scripture because what this scripture is saying is that we share in the suffering of Christ. But hey, look out, there's some huge hope. But we also share in the glory of God with God. Amen? We share in his suffering and his glory. There will be a day in the suffering that you're facing right now, the sickness in your body, the divorce that you're going through, the issues that you're facing right now. There will be a day, yes, you share in the suffering, but you will also share in the glory of the healing power of God in your body, in the restoration of your heart through that divorce. There is glory that will be shared with God. Amen? I love this scripture. It's so hopeful. And I want to tell you this story. My mom and dad, if you've never heard my story before, I was born in the country of India. I was left at the doorstep of a Christian missionary woman the first day that I was born. Uh, we don't know anything about my biological family. And that woman that day uh, took me into her home, thank God. She was supposed to be on a flight to America, and it got canceled. Thank God for canceled flights. Changed my life. And she took me in that day, and I'll never, uh, and well, I was gonna say, I'll never forget. I do forget, because I, I don't remember any of this. Um, <laughs> But what happened is she placed me for adoption with a family in Kansas. I grew up in Kansas in a loving Christian home. And, but I want to tell you, that adoption took four years for my mom and dad. 
four years. And this was back in 1986, 82 is when they started the adoption. 86 is when it was finally, uh, when it finally happened. And those years were filled with silence. And the, and, the, and the noise that my parents heard were from the church people and from the neighbors and from the friends who said, listen, you guys are spending all your money on this adoption. You got to close it down. This is not God's will anymore. And, and God was growing and maturing my parents because you know what happened in them? The fire of perseverance came over them. They became passionate. God was growing in them a trust in God over the mouths of people around them. God was growing them and he was maturing them. And I asked my mom, I said, Mom, well, how did you stay so focused in those four years? I don't know that I would have hung on for four years. And she said, you know, there, there were those moments where, where uh, an email wasn't happening back and forth like it is now, where all of a sudden we would get a very important document in the mail in times when we were about to give up. Or I was real down about the adoption, but dad was pumped. And he was like, come on, Janelle, we can keep doing this, and vice versa. But you know what she said? Most of those four years, it felt pretty silent. But God was maturing them and growing them. He was saying, trust my promise that these are your daughters. I have my, my sister was adopted to you with me. Trust my promise over your perspective. Know that I'm growing you. Here, God, God wasn't quite as silent in the big picture as it seemed in that moment. And so I share with you, because you know what happened? That at the end of that four years, my mom, my beautiful white Caucasian mother who had never been out of the country before, flew to India by herself. We had enough money for one plane ticket at the time. She couldn't bring my dad. And they went, and uh, she went, and she went into the orphanage. And the day that she showed up at the orphanage, she said, you girls ran into my arms. You ran into my arms and I took you from the orphanage that day. We went back to the hotel, we got on a plane and we flew to America, we flew home. And this is why I say, we share in his suffering for four years, but oh my word, don't we share in God's glory? Doesn't he share his glory with us like he did my mom and dad when we came home, right? What a beautiful gospel, what a beautiful God. You can trust him, you can trust in him. Number three, what if it's my turn to talk when it feels like God is silent? Mark 10 says this. I'm going to read this story. I love this story. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do? Jesus asked him. The blind man said to, to him, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. I love this story. This man was probably sitting at that street for years and years and years blind, always needing something, always needing money, whatever, begging. And all the people around him, his rebukers, probably saw that guy there and never thought that his situation was going to change. And all of a sudden, the man's ears perk up and he's like, hold up. The rabbi, Jesus, is about, is about to walk through town. 
hey, Jesus, Jesus, I can't see, but Jesus. And his rebukers are saying, no, would you just chill out? And, and, and he's saying, no, I'm going to shout louder. Hey, church, listen, if you're coming up against the silence of God, maybe you need to just shout a little louder. Do you know that in this, in this series where we're saying, God, we want to hear your voice, do you know that God loves to hear your voice? Can I just give you permission in this moment to, to share with God what's going on for you? It might be your turn to talk. It's okay. It's okay to go to him. You know, this scripture in Luke 11, it says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Jesus isn't up there saying, ask, seek, and knock, and maybe I'll show up or not. That's not the God that we serve. So we ask ourselves these questions. Maybe it's my turn to talk. Maybe I need to go to God, and I need to ask, and I need to seek, and I need to knock. He loves to hear your voice. He wants to hear what's going on with you. Do you realize that Jesus didn't come to that blind man until he shouted? He shouted, Jesus. Some of you in your situation, in your distress, in your feelings of silence, with God, you need to throw away all the rebukers. You need to throw away your excuses and some of the lies that you're believing about God. Hey, can I just challenge you one thing? Can I just challenge you to, to, to think the best of God? To think the best of him. So many times when we're hurting, we're like, I go to you and you're not there, I'm out. Hey, can, can, we, can we think the best of him? Can we ask these questions for, to him when, in our moments of feeling silent? God is with you, and he's asking you to call out like this blind man. Yes, we're saying we want to hear God's voice, and his voice is important, and we're spending a whole series on hearing his voice, but I want to tell you, for a moment in this series, he wants to hear your voice. It might be your turn to talk to God. Amen? Let me leave you with this last scripture, Mark eleven twenty four 24 says this. That's why I tell you to have faith. That you, would all, that you have already received whatever you prayed for, and it will be yours. We can trust the character of God. Surely love and mercy and peace and kindness shall follow me, shall follow me. We're singing these songs. Do we mean it? Do we mean it? Yes. I believe in the character of God so much. I don't want to leave you with this story this morning, a story uh, of, of a time when Pastor Pradeepan and I uh, were going through some anguish, and, and it felt like we were met with uh, a little bit of silence from God, not sure what was going on in our disarray. And four years ago, we decided we're going to start a family, so we got pregnant, and we went to our very first ultrasound, and when it's your first, man, there's nothing like your first. You're so pumped to be pregnant. You saw that pregnant on, on the stick, and you're pumped, and you go to the, to the ultrasound. And we get there. We're so excited to see this little tiny little, like, little bean of a baby, you know. And we get there, and as we're at the ultrasound, uh, our, our, uh, our doctor says, your baby doesn't have a heartbeat. And we're like, what? What does that mean? And so we're first-time parents. We don't know totally what that means. And, and so it's not looking good. It's not, it's not going to look like this, this baby is going to happen. And so we were, like, so confused and, and crushed and destroyed inside about that. But you know what? We decided that we were going to ask God for a miracle. And we were going to ask God that, that we would not miscarry this baby. We just said, what if we believed? What if we just believed? So we did. And we prayed. And, and that little bean was in, in me for about four months. And then we finally had a miscarriage. 
And it was in that time of just struggle and difficulty that we were like, wow, we didn't know that people go through this when they're trying to start a family. We didn't know that. But I, I'll be honest with you guys. In, in, the, in, the, in the time when there was confusion and what felt like silence, I did these three things. I asked these three questions. God, don't let, don't let my feelings overpower the truth. Help me to trust your promise over my perspective. God, I know that you're growing me and I know that you're maturing me. I, I will be a better human for Jesus because we went through this. He's not the author of miscarriage, but he turns all things for good. And you know what we didn't know at the time that we lost that baby? We didn't know that three years later God would say, hey, you know what I want you to start? A church family. You know what I want you to do? I want you to move to Washington. I want you to start a spiritual family. And the third thing that I did is I, I went to God like that blind beggar. I said, Lord, I want a baby. Would you give us a baby at some point? And then he did. A couple years later, he gave us a baby. And I didn't know, I didn't know how it was all going to play out, but God had a beautiful, beautiful plan for all of it. So I encourage you today, church, and I want to pray over you that God loves you. This two-way relationship with him, be encouraged by who God is. Give him the benefit of a doubt. He's the one to lean into in your struggle. Amen. So this morning, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes, and I'm just going to pray over you just this word. And then I want to give some of you a chance. If you've never accepted Jesus into your life, I want to give you a chance to do that. But I just want to pray over you. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for your promise that you never leave us or forsake us. And so, God, this morning, for every heart in this room that may be downcast, oh, my soul, that may be struggling, that may be pressing in and wanting to hear you and struggling to hear, God, I, I ask that these questions, I ask that the word of God would become true hope inside of our hearts this morning. We love you, Jesus. We're not giving up on you, God. We're leaning into you. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, I just want to give you a chance this morning. If you've never given your life to Jesus, and you say, Amrita, well, I want to know about this God that you're talking about. You can make a choice. You can make a decision to follow him today. And he's with you. He's here. So on the count of three, would you just slip up your hand so that I can see it? If you want to give your heart to Jesus this morning. One, two, three. You can just slip your hand up. All right. Well, as you open your eyes, I want you to turn your attention to the screen. And I, I want us to pray this together. And whether you raise your hand this morning or not, let's, let's pray. Let's dedicate our hearts. This is, this is a, the beginning of a beautiful journey for you. So let's read this all together. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can give it up for the Lord.